Well, Trump was impeached last night, and he has made history as the third president ever to be impeached. What I'm interested in is something that I read last night concerning the letter that he wrote, the open letter to Nancy Pelosi. First, before we get into that letter, let's uh, look at exactly what was going on with that letter. I think Seth Meyers does a good job of breaking it down for us. In President Trump's letter, he accused Nancy Pelosi of declaring open war on American democracy and said, quote, You do not know, nor do you care, the great damage and hurt you have inflicted upon wonderful and loving members of my family. This letter is bonkers. I, I don't even know how to describe the tone of it. I guess if you took the most privileged white lady ever and gave her a whole bottle of wine and then asked her to write a Yelp review of a restaurant that made her wait 40 minutes for a table and then got her order wrong twice. Yesterday, I was talking with Reggie Cicchini out of Washington, our global news producer there, um, and he was talking about the letter, and he said this to, he had this to say about it. The president had things to get off his chest, and he did that in this six-page letter that reads like a tweet with some factual inaccuracies in it and and the narrative that he's been pushing for, for months now. You know, this, this letter to Nancy Pelosi talks about how Democrats are, quote, interfering in America's elections. Let's remember the president asked a foreign country to... Uh, investigate his political opponent. Uh, he says that the pre- that the Democrats are uh, obstructing justice. That is what they're accusing the president of. This letter talks about how the 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 victims of the Salem witch hunt were afforded more due process. That's very clearly not the case. This was simply the president using this six page letter to kind of treat it like the stump when he's on the campaign trail to give his greatest hits out there again, like the Republicans, knowing this was the last hurrah before he becomes an impeached president. And uh, he is an impeached president. That happened last night. This caught my eye last night. It's an opinion piece written for the uh, Independent. And um, it says, as a psychiatrist, Trump's letter to Pelosi worried me. So I reached out to the psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Brandy Lee, who's an expert on violence and a forensic psychiatrist at Yale School of Medicine. And Dr. Lee joins the show right now. Welcome to the program. I appreciate your time. Appreciate your having me. Thanks for being here. So tell us first off, uh, what, what exactly is a forensic psychiatrist? A forensic psychiatrist works uh, is a psychiatrist who works at the interface of psychiatry and the law. So we do court evaluations. We testify in courts. We work at the junction between mental uh, illness and, and criminality. All right. So you have uh, examined Trump's tweets before. Um, You said you often perform experiments of guessing what he might be thinking. Then I check it against his tweets and I find myself to be correct every time. What do you mean by experiments? So that is actually what we often do as more as a psychoanalyst than um, a regular psychiatrist. Uh, Psychoanalysis works on uh, figuring out a person's psychology, psychodynamics, and uh, basically defense systems. And then through that, uh, you interpret what they are saying through those lenses. And, uh, and so you uh, test it against, so you form a hypothesis and test it against uh, real-life uh, events of what the person is saying and doing, and then you can figure out what the dynamics the person is acting on. So you're, you're basically figuring out their, their rules of functioning. 
So did you um, put this letter that he wrote to Nancy Pelosi through similar paces? Yes, because I had been practicing for a while, almost about six months, I believe, uh, translating Donald Trump's tweets. I started doing this because I found that uh, having unfettered exposure to his assertions, statements, and uh, tweets would uh, gaslight people and reform their thoughts in unhealthy ways. And so I meant it as a way of, as an antidote to that, to help people ground themselves in reality and base their own perceptions and facts rather than be carried away by his um, his actions. Now, I know that there are people listening that are going to email me and say, that's ridiculous. This is so one-sided. Um, but I-, I thought it was interesting that you are a forensic psychiatrist at Yale School of Medicine, and-, and this is occupying some of your time. Let's go through your method for a sec before we break down what you um, assert is going on through the letter here. The Goldwater Rule, you say that you um, adhere to it while you're going through this letter. How does it apply to this letter and how you analyze analyzed it? So the Goldwater Rule essentially is telling you to, uh, telling psychiatrists to be responsible about what we say about public figures while we are caring for public health. And so the first duty is to society and caring for public health. And the second duty is uh, courtesy to a public figure by not saying things that are irresponsible or might harm their political careers. Um, and so, uh, so we we've been considering this for uh, a great while, um, weighing uh, our duty to society against uh, the courtesy owed to a public figure, and we find that the dangers are great enough to speak about the things that we know. But in addition to not diagnosing, which I have never done, Mm -hmm. um, I also don't speak about things I cannot know about. But things I can know about, I have said in the op-ed that I will not keep it to myself when it is important for the public to know to protect its own safety. Is one of them the purpose of the letter? Because you could say, you know, this is a president of the United States. He obviously has access to Nancy Pelosi. He could say, hey, Nancy, come meet me in my office. I want to give you a piece of my mind. What's the purpose of the letter? The purpose of the letter, I think, is more intended for the public, intended for those who will believe him. In other words, his base. Uh And the reason why there is such a division in the country, uh, even regarding reality and facts, is because that's what happens when we have someone with uh, who is mentally impaired enough to be disconnected from reality, and not only that, to to be uh, severely desirous of an alternative reality. And the alternative reality is where he is capable of being president. I know that 800 mental health professionals eventually they signed on to this petition that the House Judiciary Committee consider mental health aspects of uh, Trump. Are you, so are you one of those people? Uh, yes. Um, in fact, there has always been, a, you know, a near consensus among mental health professionals. There's, there's really no dispute about what we are seeing and that the president is severely impaired. 
the dispute that you often hear about is the ethics of speaking about it. But, uh, you know, there are some questions about that as well, because, you know, what the Goldwater rule, the Goldwater rule is actually a very reasonable rule that we act to improve our community and to protect mental, to protect public mental health. And, um, and not to diagnose a public figure. We have no business diagnosing because the president is not our private patient. Uh, so we're acting in the interest of public health. Um, but what, uh, what the American Psychiatric Association did and what you know a number of, just a handful of psychiatrists did was to assert that the Goldwater Rule said you know, that we weren't supposed to speak about a public figure at all, even though half of the Goldwater Rule says we should educate the public when asked about a public figure in general terms. So there's been a lot of distortion. But in terms of the mental health community, this has always been a consensus. And, uh, what you know, we're trained to see abnormal signs and to distinguish it from health. Uh, ordinary people may not be able to make the distinction so easily because, you know, there's a wide vi variation in, you know, healthy human responses. And so it takes training to detect the very stereotypical and rigid, um, uh, uh, you know, characteristics of disease. And uh, that's what we're pointing out in the president. Okay, so what do you think, your conclusion of, um, you know, this letter is that he is not um, mentally um, at, at a good, in a good state. What do you suggest happens? So, uh, well, the, the part of the petition that more than 800 mental health professionals have signed was that the Judiciary Committee and if not Congress members consult with us uh, while impeachment is happening because the dangers, the psychological dangers that accompany impeachment are too great. Like we what? Have, uh, well, the president has, you know, access to incredible powers. Um, he's commander of the most powerful military on earth, and he has access to the nuclear buttons. And he also has, you know, the greatest, um, you know, podium in uh, in the nation, and he can uh, psychologically manipulate the public far better than anyone who's trying to argue facts can, because, uh, you know, in psychological terms, when, when a leader is uh, paranoid or truly delusional, they actually have much greater emotional force in galvanizing a, a, a fervent, irrational um, following than any rational strategist can have. And so this is a very dangerous situation. And what we would normally do in such a case, uh, you know, uh, apart from the president, anyone else would be contained and managed appropriately. You do not expose such a person to such great powers uh, or weapons or the ability or an audience in a way that they can a huge audience. Uh, but instead, we've actually done the opposite. We've stripped away uh, any constraints, allowed him to continually swell his own power, and uh, also allowed him unfettered access to the public through Twitter and other means, uh, through rallies. And, and all this is very dangerous. And, um, and we're in uh, perhaps the most dangerous 
situation possible in that we have allowed all this um, unconstrained expansion of power to happen. Uh, and, and then finally, at a very late stage, we're going ahead with impeachment. And uh, so the, the shock to the, to the president's system uh, would be the greatest possible. And he still retains all his powers. And uh, you would I, like to see you know, him removed from office. You'd like to see him to s- submit to a mental health examination or removed from office. Is that correct? Uh, that would be the, the normal course since a long time ago. If he were not president, if he were any other citizen, he would have been contained and evaluated long ago. But because he is president, and even though a pre- there's no exemption for a president in mental health laws, we have uh, somehow allowed this very exceptional situation. And um, so I, you know, exactly what happens is is not my domain because that starts going into the political area. But, uh, but the normal course of medical management would be to immediately remove the dangers. And what do you say to people? Because I'm getting a lot of, I'm getting a lot of email and I've gotten a lot of hate uh-huh. mail and I knew I would get this. But from people that say, you know what, this is Trump derangement uh, syndrome and, um, you know, know, some people even saying, well, why do you have a psychoanalyst on this? It's, 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 you know, affecting uh, credibility. Um, Someone also said, you know, um, that that this is just uh, people are calling him mentally ill because he's a meanie. No. Actually, I think the the squelching of discussion about mental health issues, which are actually very common in, in uh, the general population, has increased stigma and misconceptions and misunderstandings. Uh, you know, m- mental illness has nothing to do with criminal behavior uh, uh, or criminal mindedness. The two are actually, in fact, entirely distinct. And um, to conflate the two, and just because the mental health professional speaks about someone, it doesn't mean we're speaking about mental illness. Uh, We are speaking about mental impairment, and his mental incapacity is very concerning. uh, We did assess his mental incapacity based on, you know, very credible uh, co-worker reports under sworn testimony, that was the Mueller report, um, and and we found him wanting in every criterion. In fact, he failed every criterion of having the mental capacity for rational decision making, and and that should really alarm everyone. So we have someone who does not have rational capacity in the the highest office of the land, and well, it's it's an unpleasant situation. But how can we? You know, you can't blame the the mental health professionals for correctly uh, pointing out the actual situation. And um, do you, you see know, this letter as to... further evidence that there's a problem here, as far as mental health goes? Uh, yes, yes, because there, you know, of course, I, I speak about uh, I speak in the op-ed about share, the phenomenon of shared psychosis. Shared psychosis happens when someone is when someone is actually severely impaired, in fact, uh, mentally ill, on top of their criminal mindedness and bad behavior, um, they become even more dangerous because uh, you know because of the uh, the impairment playing into their their bad decisions and and um, and. Uh, um, guilty ways. And, and um, so 
so in that case, when someone is severely impaired, uh, the, the chances of it spreading, in fact, like a contagious disease among those who are in close contact, um, exponentially increases. And uh, unlike a physical infection, which needs physical contact, uh, you know, this kind of contagion spreads through the airwaves. Through um, through tweets, and um, and so is it's a little it's a little harder to yeah it's a little harder to control and I Dr. Brandy Lee I have to unfortunately wrap it up because uh, that's all the time I have in this segment but I want to thank you for your time. I just wanted to say I take all responsibility for any of my statements in case in case of all the uh, um, the hate mail you get. Well, that's um, a very kind thing to do. Thank you so much for that. I stand by my views. Thank I, you. I appreciate your time. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the program. All right, so there you go. Right, to Dr. Lee, not me. All right, it's Global News Radio six forty Toronto.